0: Hi, I'm Ben Byers.
1: And I'm Carly Byers. We've been married for 12 years and together for 15 and have two boys.
0: This is our story of controlling church and spiritual abuse and how it shook our relationship and clouded our view of God.
1: Our desire is that our honest view of pain and trauma in relationships can provide hope and the courage to hold on when life does not turn out as planned,
0: while also providing a dash of humor and loving banter.
1: We are still working to find wholeness and we welcome you on our journey. Everybody, what's up? Thanks for tuning in this week. Um, am I gonna say something, or are you just?
0: No, just quit? waiting.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Wait for Figured you'd just give the great to, intro, to, so to, to jump right just in. Just waiting on it. Um, welcome back! Thanks for joining us again. Um, as always, <laughs> thanks for the support. <laughs> um,
0: you got yeah, nothing last, better to do.
1: Let's <laughs> 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 last week's episode was a bit of a doozy. Well, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Sorry. last episode was a bit of a doozy, and um, I think it angered a lot of people, as it should, and um, was sad and I think brought up feelings for other people that maybe haven't thought about a lot of those memories in a while, but I think um, healing for other people as well and we've actually heard um, of some other victims um, that also experienced some some sexual advances from the pastors. Car- yeah.
0: Carpet mopper was on the prowl. <laughs> on the prowl.
1: I shouldn't be the laughing, mopper. but um, anyway, since our last episode that had come up and um, just just makes me really angry yeah makes me really angry not in not like in a way that is controlling my life or anything like that but it just it's it's infuriating that um th- that that just has happened and I wouldn't be surprised if there's a lot more actually um
0: and people have probably lived with that in secret and silence mm-hmm, in a mm-hmm. long time and yeah this situation isn't unique to abuse, so I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who've who are right now living with things that have never been brought up and um are very damaging
1: yeah yeah,
0: but onward, we go with our story for and now where do we go,
1: and we are in a new city. <laughs> A familiar city where we went to school, where we went to college, where we met, um, we were able to get a great apartment right across the street from campus, like we had mentioned in the last episode. Um, I think you just, you just like ran across the street, right? You didn't even, you didn't drive there, did you?
0: Um, unfortunately, some days I drove.
1: You drove? Really? <laughs> some
0: days, yeah.
1: <laughs> what car did you have then?
0: Uh, did your we have Jeep. the
1: Jeep and the Volvo? And the Volvo, yeah. Oh, okay, okay, that's right. Um... Well, parking at the apartment was the worst. Yeah. There was like only very there was very few parking spots. Yeah. You seriously drove
0: sometimes it was yeah.
1: like two hundred yards.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, anyways, but that place was so great. It was familiar. It was it was owned through this. The school owned it, but it was like a city apartment. It wasn't campus housing. Um, it later turned into be campus housing, but. I I had friends that lived there in college so I was like familiar with the complex and that that was like a good um feeling for me just having it was just familiar it was a familiar place for us to be and it was like a like a felt very like a safe place um you know being back where we went to college and it, I didn't associate it with like the Bible study that we were attending and leading, um, even though it feels like that was most of our experience there, but you'd think that I would go back and I would associate it with those bad feelings and feeling like we're better than the school and all of this stuff. But maybe, maybe because the church was so bad that the school was like a total safe place and just felt. Yeah, I just remember feeling it was just it was it was everything we needed at that time without even really realizing that we needed it. But um, it wasn't coincidence that I think God put us there because we needed somewhere that was familiar enough that felt safe for us to like really begin our healing journey.
0: Yeah, it was. Um, so we were living right across <laughs> the, and before we actually moved back. Um, there was an administrator who had been a huge influence in my life and continues to be to this day who we had told our story to at least partially and he said, "Hey, you have to promise to come to my church once and <laughs> this was i think a week and a half after we left it was sometime our in January, church it yeah. was just like really um i don 't think so <laughs> let 's give us a break, but just probably. Two or three weeks out, we decided to give it a try. So we decided to go after very carefully reading the entire website, reading the biography of the pastor, reading the elder board's (laughs) biographies, making sure there was an elder board, looking at the core value statements of the church and everything else.
1: This was Ben. Ben was doing this. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to church. (laughs) Yeah, that's not happening.
0: <laughs> but we had promised this administrator we'll go at least once. So we ended up going on Valentine's Day. It was February 14. And Which we, was
1: way earlier than I. Th- we both had obviously Yeah, that we thought probably we'd just jump into church. a church. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and uh, we went, and it was just an amazing experience and um, have grown close with the pastor and his wife, and they're just so genuine and... I believe he was in a series on spiritual gifts, which was so crazy because it was such a different perspective on spiritual gifts and was so biblical, but yet so grounded. And I think that was probably right. What we needed to hear at the time was, Mm -hmm. um, this incredibly wise biblical assessment of these things. And we left that church and we thought, wow, that was, Actually, feel good leaving church. Yeah, that
1: was better than I think we had. At least I know I had really high expectations, and or maybe even really low expectations. I don't know. Um,
0: High expectations for failure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's
1: probably more what it was. But um, but being pleasantly surprised that I think that I just didn't have any bad feelings when I was there. That was really what I was like. If the second I feel something, I'm out (laughs) of here. Like I'm not. Like I'm not pretending I don't feel this ever again, <laughs> <laughs> and you were you were the same way. Like you were on board with that. But he, the the pastor and his wife, um, had gone through a really similar situation to ours in in the sense of some spiritual abuse that they had encountered, um, you know, early on in their marriage at their previous ministries, and um, I think is why the administrator at our college had invited us and wanted us to come and talk with him and, and, you know, get to know them. Like they could be maybe like really instrumental in like your healing and stuff. And, um, and they, I mean, we'll, we'll talk more about them later cause they absolutely have been so instrumental and in part of our healing. Um, but yeah, it was, it was just, it was a great Sunday. um, we didn't feel weird afterwards, and we yeah. just kind of like went on with our day.
0: Yeah, we just left church, and, and... we
1: got out before noon, which was like unbelievable. Yeah.
0: And we didn't stay and like help with anything; we just left.
1: <laughs> and didn't stay and like yeah. have to socialize and with sat in the back and like. yeah.
0: you know just left.
1: Yeah, it was so freeing. And
0: we went to Chipotle because it was Valentine's Day in yes. the in the new city, and then drove all the way back to LA. <laughs> That's
1: right, because we didn't move. We didn't actually move back until um, March. the end of February. Yeah. Um, anyway, so Ben's driving to work 200 yards and <laughs> <laughs> what was that like for you to be back on campus where you were like a star football player and now you're coaching, um, was, was, do you feel like the coaching was always something that was in you? Because I don't, It, it that was never something we had talked about but we also didn't talk about any hopes or dreams, <laughs> so it could have been a dream of yours, and I would have never known. I um,
0: it, that's very it's a strange question because um, when I was at APU, the same administrator we used to go on walks together, and he said, "You'd be a great teacher and coach." And and for some reason, I just didn't want to do that. And I said, "No, no, 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 no. That's not that's not me. That's not what like I want you, to do." You-
1: because we were engaged in the Bible study at that point. So, did you feel like that was. No, that was... was
0: before the Bible study. Oh, it was okay. early years in college. And I just. I don't know. I just didn't.
1: I feel like it was enough? I didn't. You yeah, bigger, I, yeah bigger I don't dreams. know.
0: Yeah, maybe that was it. I just thought.
1: You wanted to be a part of a
0: cult? Yeah. yeah why, why would I be a teacher and a coach if I could be <laughs> this part of this freaking church? If I could find a private jet, why would I want to. Just you're crazy. You won.
1: <laughs> you won. <laughs>
0: So, uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, I don't know if, I think the, the aspect of teaching and encouraging and inspiring was always a part of me. And I just didn't know how that fit into coaching. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was in full-time ministry. Mm-hmm. And then I was in full-time ministry in a horrible situation. Maybe if I was in full-time ministry in a different situation, it would have been different. But then well, of course it would I, have been. I started, I realized how much I love sport. Not I realized, I, I love sport. I was in sports since, I've I played football since I was five years old. I was in three sports since I was six. Um, all the way through high school and college. So to, to know that was a pivotal part of my life and then to know that my calling is to teach and inspire and encourage. And then to put those things together, when I had a chance to do it, I think that's when it clicked and I said, wow, this is... I'm being way more effective in life than I ever was in ministry yeah. on, on a field. This but, is mean, amazing. you feel
1: that now. Did you feel that at the time, though? Yeah, I think like, so. You felt it pretty quickly? Yeah. Okay. I just
0: thought, this is, this is incredible. This yeah. is... I get to be a part of this sport. I get to encourage and inspire and teach Um, even though when I first started coaching, I wasn't teaching much, (laughs) holding on for dear life, (laughs) uh, hopefully not to be exposed for a fake fraud.
1: (laughs) Were you, were you afraid of that?
0: No, I don't think so. Just
1: there was still so much fear that was gone. I mean, I remember still, still living in a lot of fear. We had moved away, but it's not like that fear just left us immediately when we decided to leave the church and exp and he was exposed and you know, like you've had years and years of, um, just what's the word? Somebody like routinely implementing fear into your life and, and you're being controlled that way. So, That's not just going to turn off when you leave the situation. So I remember still living kind of in fear in ways of like, okay, I know like we got out and we're good, but is something terrible going to happen? Like, is there going to be some sort of not necessarily retaliation, but I think I felt,
0: yeah, in the back of your mind, you're like, like, God's going to
1: do something to, even though I know God got us out of this. There's still that fear of like, is he going to, him, him being our pastor, is he going to like, you know, is God going to strike us down like through his prayers or something like that? There was still a, a, very much a fear of, did we make the right choice? Did we, I mean, I I, I wanted that to be the right choice and I, we wanted that, but there's still a piece that we were like, or I was at least just, uh I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know what can happen. I was still afraid of some. There was some sort of retaliation, whether it was in the spiritual world, <laughs> the spiritual realm, or by him in some capacity. Um, that just, yeah, I just didn't feel fully safe. I guess from something happening.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't say I overtly felt that, but it still shadowed my life.
1: Yes. In other yeah. words,
0: I wouldn't say that I. Legitimately, I couldn't, I couldn't felt have identified like I, I was, that at
1: the time. Probably. But I, I
0: do remember, for the year we were out, there was a couple times I had very vivid dreams. Yeah. Of yep. of feeling like he was in the room. Mm-hmm. I mean, like nightmares. Yeah. Of like a floating head coming at us, and just well, and
1: that's what I mean by like living in fear of, you know, he, he's probably sitting at home at his house like praying that for that to happen over us like that was the fear that 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 was going to be happening by his doing and obviously God's so much bigger than that but like that was a huge fear you know and yeah the dreams um the nightmares like that's all it's so real it's so so real yeah the fear wasn't debilitating but um Let's talk about how we were in in our relationship (laughs) at this point.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's... For probably four to six months, we were in a state of bliss because you feel like you have a new lease on life.
1: It was so euphoric, yeah. It it was...
0: I mean, we we would, at 10 o'clock at night, walk around the campus. Yeah, yeah. On weekends, I would go and... And throw the football with my buddies on the field. It mm-hmm. was just the most amazing thing. We felt like it had, had a new lease on life, but mm-hmm. it didn't change the way that we interacted with kind each other. Kind of like
1: how the Amish kind of go crazy after they leave. Rum springer. <laughs> it's definitely not like that. It's not like we became like alcoholics or anything <laughs> like that.
0: But we did have a beer and but it was amazing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> But I, I always think of that like when the Amish leave there, like they escape or whatever. Yeah, and they're, they're like... When they're
0: 16, they can have that. And it's they just like, Springer, yeah.
1: don't know
0: what to do in the real world. <laughs> it
1: was kind of like how we were in some ways. But yeah, I mean, we were like, we went to the movies and, and we, I mean, we didn't have much money. I was working part-time catering at this point um, still. And um,
0: and I was working part-time.
1: And I had started to get my hair and makeup for wedding business running at this point the we real were at the church we were at the church when i when i was doing that were you yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. so i had started yeah because my oh, business yeah.
0: cards yeah they did your logo <laughs> yeah
1: um yeah so i had i had started my own business for oh shocker right started my own business
0: <laughs> actually only successful business we had at church was carly's hair and makeup for <laughs> weddings in case anyone wants it, she's really amazing at it. Oh man! The website's still up if you want to go look at it. Up. Um. Oh my gosh! So. Carly Dash I
1: was doing weddings here and there, which was kind of like helping us obviously get by yeah. because you were on a stipend <laughs> at at um.
0: Yeah, when I started coaching, yeah. I was getting paid little, and
1: which is normal. Well, for... Totally
0: normal. It I was a young. I shouldn't have been paid more. <laughs> I mean. <laughs>
1: well, let's not get too crazy, but I
0: mean, but. This is I what's put gotten in. us into this situation,
1: yeah. Ben, that mindset. So, <laughs> okay. Help. <laughs> but
0: <laughs> for the first spring, I was working with two of the other buddies from church, um, at Scott's miracle grow at home Depot. <laughs> so <laughs> I would work really early in the morning. We'd start at like four or five in the morning. I'd be done by noon or one. And then I'd go to my football job. Um, and then after my football job, I would go and work out <laughs> and, it because
1: just, you, had, you had the freedom. Because
0: I had the freedom. Yeah. Then and we and, and was a bunch of young guys on the coaching staff. And by young, I wasn't 30 yet. None of the other guys were. They were younger than me. And we'd go and work out and we'd play basketball. And it was just volleyball? the most... Volleyball. See, volleyball. It, it was just like the most freeing thing. But me not knowing that it was still um, the same patterns in my relationship with Carly where... I would get home, I would leave early. I mean, I would work at 4 or 5 in the morning. Then I would get home at night at 8, 8.30 at night after I was done working out for two or three hours. And in my mind, I thought, this is amazing. I'm home at 8 or 8.30. This, I mean, look at all the time we get to spend together. I'm home at 8 instead of 12 or 1 in the morning. But it was just this habit of living... That I just poured my life into something again, and <laughs> thought that it was actually way better because I was home earlier. Yeah, but it wasn't. Again, I say that euphoric bliss because in this the midst of this four to six months, we still weren't fixing us. Yeah, well, <laughs> or we our relationship, even, or understanding that there didn't was even anything realize there.
1: How bad things were really? Yeah. Like it was all so. Um, yeah, we just had no idea. Like like you had said, we were functioning like in total dysfunction. Yeah.
0: Functioning dysfunctionality.
1: Yes. <laughs> and um, we had no idea how hurt or broken or in pain we really were. I think it was, we were just so grateful to God's grace, um, for his grace and, and getting us out of the situation, out of the church, that... I think subconsciously we just felt that once we get out of the church, leave this area, like things would just kind of fall in line with us, with our relationship because we couldn't even, we didn't even really know what was wrong with us or what was not working at that time. You know, it was just so I just knew like I still wasn't happy and I should start feeling happy because we're in a totally different situation and it's life giving and all of these things. But just couldn't even understand the capacity of like hurt and pain we had gone through, and had end had caused each other. There was no rec- there was no recognizing recognition of that in our own life.
0: Yeah, we didn't get out and then realize we've really hurt one another. I've, <laughs> yeah. I've really instead I just was so happy to have a life and then filled it with everything else and yeah. still continued to hurt Carly. It was... It was. I remember being in coaching and the guys joking and saying, wow, you're... Man, you really run your household. You can do whatever you want, whenever you want. You're like the manliest man here. And having a little pride about that and looking back thinking...
1: Did <laughs> I say <said why>, that? Why?
0: <laughs> That's so
1: funny. Why?
0: Wait, I'm married. It, why am I getting home at 8.30 at night? Even if... It's we don't have another event that night. Why? Why would I be getting home that late when I'm working that early, and think that that's cool or okay? Well,
1: why did you like honestly? Why are you at the gym for two and a half hours?
0: I just it was working out something that I've always enjoyed.
1: No, I totally understand that. And it's that always just feels been like such a long time.
0: I know. I just.
1: Unless you're like a bodybuilder,
0: it was something where, well, some of that would be, um, playing basketball, or cardio or something. But it was something that it was like a piece of me that I had.
1: You hadn't had neglected for for seven years,
0: and all of a sudden I was able to have it again. It brought me so much like peace and joy. (laughs) Just poured poured myself into it. So, yeah, and then.
1: But do you didn't think like you didn't ever think that about the working out thing that like man I should have been home that that was never anything that you
0: no never thought about realized it
1: once. until just last year we talked about it for the first time
0: yeah never thought about it once yeah. never thought that it's strange that I'm not yeah
1: so this is how dis- this is how dysfunctional <laughs> we were everybody like we were so oh. disengaged with like reality like so not self aware with how we were doing and how things were going.
0: Yeah. Or how you relate to your spouse. Yeah. On a,
1: yeah.
0: Um, intimate, emotional way. Yeah. So it, it, yeah, it was a, and, and for the first six months that didn't matter because right. we were so happy to be gone. It was like Carly would sit at home and obviously would miss me, but at the same time I wasn't, we weren't in a cold. So
1: yeah. And he was like right across the street and I could like probably go and visit him and, and I would you know, answer
0: my phone, and yeah, text,
1: exactly, so. yeah. Like he was, he was more reliable in the sense that, um, yeah, like I, exactly, I could text him and like he would respond most of the time. <laughs> Still not as strong of suit, but you know, <laughs> can't have it all. So
0: then that happens for six months, and but I, I remember
1: think... too. I remember too the days that I'd be like home because I I think I also just took advantage of like. The days that I didn't have work or, like, wasn't doing anything, if I had, like, a long chunk of time, I just, like, kind of sat and vegged and... Yeah.
0: Or, like, watched gossip shows you, yeah, you wouldn't have been allowed to totally, watch. totally, because or... we had... Remember,
1: remember when we first moved in, cable was still installed oh, yeah. in the unit? <laughs> and we had free cable for, like, I
0: think That's a year.
1: That's
0: right. <laughs> um, Jackpot.
1: Yeah, and so I remember watching music videos, like, for hours sometimes <laughs> and this is actually so embarrassing but this is just this this is just a perfect example of the state that we were in and it was really sad like to think about it but I remember watching music videos and just still like having that feeling of like the longing and desire for still a different life in a in a new life and um it was a lot of the same feelings that were you know years prior with like the magazines and the romantic shows and movies and stuff watch, I mean, you know, music videos, like just have a way of like sucking you in like country music does. And in the sense of makes you feel every single feel there is, and me being super vulnerable at that point and emotional and so like not self-aware of what was going on with me and us, um, I would just, like, soak in and, like, veg those music videos and feel terrible. Like, it was so not productive to (laughs) my healing. (laughs) But I just remember still feeling like this is not... Like, I just still felt unhappy, and I felt, like, just an unsettled feeling and still just felt like, okay, well, it's probably because I shouldn't be watching these. And, like, it still kept... I would always put it back on myself, right? Like, what am I doing wrong here? One really was like, okay, there's so much bigger stuff going on between us that we, we will eventually figure out. But um, that was kind of the minds, mindset that I was in. And I don't even remember, at the thinking back, I don't remember ever feeling like, oh, I wish Ben was home right now. Probably just because I didn't ever know you to be home to begin with. So I had nothing, the only... Frame of reference I had was you being gone late all the time, so for you to be gone till late till like eight thirty nine or whatever because you're working out on a daily basis didn't seem that strange to me. looking back now, I'm like, <laughs> what the heck you're such a jerk <laughs> you know, <laughs> but um at the time, yeah, I just didn't know, so therefore it just is like perpetuating the the like problems that we yeah. have.
0: Yeah, and then after that six-month period, I go into season, and I mean, college football is a lot of work. There's a, a ton of it involved, in it seven days a week, and um, I was in it with some young guys, so we'd actually, you know, we'd be in the office seven days a week, and then I decided to start a master's degree at the same time. <laughs> um, and it was such a, to me, it was a really freeing experience to start a master's degree because... Carly and I were talking about it and we thought we we were discussing the options of a master's degree and um I was so scared of making a decision whether it was God's will or not that I do a master's degree. Yeah. And we finally had a discussion together and said, well, what if it what if it's not God's will to have a master's degree? Well,
1: Okay, I, I don't ever use the of, yeah. master's
0: degree but I have a master's degree yeah. so
1: okay so you wasted 18 months of your life okay, so, so just
0: why don't you do it So <laughs> yeah decided to do that when
1: you got a tuition discount which was the biggest like push for it too it wasn't just like you you know we're like oh I'm gonna go back to school like you had there was some financial aid involved um, for that.
0: Yeah. Um, the coach at the time had said, if we have any extra money, we'll give you some money for your education. And I ended up taking out a loan anyway, because we had to help pay for, (laughs) for some of our things because we had made an agreement that I could, for that first year of coaching, I could really just put myself into it and not have another job. And my first year coaching, I think my stipend was two thousand dollars, so that's not enough to live on for a whole year with a married <laughs> <laughs> um when you're working crazy hours, but that's part of how you start in in college football, especially um, but uh ended up actually paying for most of my degree while I was working, almost like a graduate assistant, mm-hmm. and we ended up using some of the loan that I took out to pay off old debt and to help us survive for those first little the first little bit mm-hmm. uh, the first year but again I was in the middle of um, coaching college football and then starting a degree and then, like the few moments I would have where I wasn't coaching I would have to be doing homework and yeah I think Sunday nights are the times mm-hmm. when we'd have yeah. some time and instead of being able to hang out with Carly I was doing homework and doing threaded discussions and
1: <laughs> and probably being stressed
0: probably yeah. stress
1: but I do have to say so coaching co- to be a coach is like it's a lot of work it's 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 a big job and I think college football can tend to be more work than maybe some other sports I'm not that's not a fact I'm just okay it's probably it's a fact, fact. <laughs> <laughs> um but I think it really, it, being a coach's wife is not for the faint of heart, and I think that um, if I were to have jumped into coaching, being a coach's wife, straight out of marriage um, without our experience beforehand, it probably would have looked really different, but it wasn't hard for me to have been gone all those hours and working seven days a week and his involvement as, like, a football coach was not a hard adjustment for me, whereas I feel like most wives or girlfriends I've talked to, they don't love it because it is a lot of work, but it was almost like our church situation had... Him being a coach was, like, so many less hours than than being in a cult, so... Yeah. It was, it was such a breath of air And she fresh could air. come
0: visit the team and yeah, she was, I was part of the process.
1: Yeah. I got to know the guys. We would have them over for dinner. And so I was able to be involved in a way that I wasn't, you know, in his previous work experience. Um, so I think like, I mean, I think that the hours of coaching are, are very brutal, but, um, and it You'd almost think, like, at this state that we were in with how, like, on the rocks we were, this would have probably been, like, was probably such a hard thing for us to deal with, but it really didn't feel hard um, only because of what I had previously experienced, but... Not to say it wasn't hard moving forward, <laughs> um, but again, just to reiterate, like we just didn't know how bad things were, like within ourselves at this point to even know how to start dealing with them.
0: Yeah, and very within the first year of us leaving, um, Carly went to some counseling.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and you want to talk about that a little bit. Because counseling is incredible Mm -hmm. and it's made a huge impact on our lives, but when we first got out, I think if there's not self realization, then yeah, what I don't know.
1: It's yeah. So I had um, I had some like intensive counseling. I think it was just a few months out.
0: Yeah, and Carly left. Yeah, it was. She was gone for a week, right?
1: It was I remember it was 3 days the, the counseling was 3 days. I don't remember how long I was actually gone. Um was able to stay with some family where the counseling was close enough by to like be able to stay with family. Um and it was yeah, it was an intensive like couple like several hours a day. I think like 2 to 3 hours a day and um yeah, it, it it's like looking back, like at the time I would have said like yeah, it was helpful. I didn't tell a lot of people because um, it still like felt kind of weird, um, and
0: yeah, like there might be something wrong with you're going to counseling. There might be something, yeah, something wrong with you. Yeah, like it's moving well, yor- because six I years think, in a weird church. So
1: <laughs> well, and I think too, maybe felt like I should be a lot better than I was at the time, or that we should feel and be a lot better than we were at the time. Um, And I think I was also still just in a habit of pretending things were fine and pretending, you know, to everybody else, like nothing is wrong, you know, or whatever. So I still wasn't able to be like fully vulnerable and like, hey, yeah, like, guess what? Still hate my marriage. Still not enjoying my life. Um, We're out of the church, you know, like that. It felt like, how could I even say those things? Like, God God freed us, you know? So I think there's a part of me that felt guilty for still maybe not fully happy and experiencing all those things because I felt like, gosh, like God, God like did what we asked. Like he, he like saved us from the church. We were able to leave and all those things. But um, yeah, this intensive counseling um, was like looking back, It just, I wasn't ready for everything I probably could have gotten out of it. Um, Because, like, how do you work on things when you don't even realize, like, that there's things to work on? Like, we just had no idea the capacity of what, like, what had happened and how that affected us. Because we still weren't processing it together. We still weren't processing it. And that was like the craziest thing. And we weren't processing it for years, years and years, really. And, you know, we would a little bit here and there. Um, But I think the timing of counseling, it really just is... It just really depends on the person and the situation. Um, You know, and and then a couple years later, I had received counseling again. And... Like, it just... We're in counseling currently, so I'll just say that. You don't mind if I say that, right?
0: <laughs> if you are.
1: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, because you destroyed me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but counseling now looks so drastically different than it did a couple years out of the church. And for us and for me, I just wasn't able to get out of... It what what I was what I needed to get out of it because I wasn't able to be aware of like what was actually going on. So, how can you be helped when like you can't really see anything yet? So, um,
0: and you refuse to see. There's so many walls built.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: That no matter what someone tries to say or do, or maybe they can see it in you, mm-hmm. you will not allow yourself to see. Yeah. That piece of hurt or problem.
1: Yeah. And and again, like, so subconsciously, like, I don't remember trying to not do, you know, I wanted to be, like, as open as possible, but I think just, like, the way I, I, I see it and, like, remember it was we were so, like, stuffed to the brim, like, emotionally and um, just situationally that I had no idea how to even, like, unleash some of that stuff to, like, begin, like, a healing process. Like, it was just so yeah, it was so full to capacity that I didn't know how to like open myself up to like slowly let that, you know, out and open and to be, um, kind of healed. So, um, yeah, so that it was, it was a different situation in terms of like the counseling. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I wasn't ready, like, you know, looking, I was able to look back um, And just like I wasn't ready, just I wasn't there yet, and I didn't know that <laughs> until years later, many years later.
0: Yeah, they knew that, <laughs> yeah,
1: but yeah, the self I think I and I think I really like was hoping to come home and be like so much better, yeah. And it's just you
0: unfortunately, want a quick just, no matter what, you want a quick, fix. You want a quick That's... fix,
1: we all do in life for everything. So, but
0: if you have six years of grinding and hurt and pain not to say god can't instantly do something Mm -hmm. because he can raise people from the dead he can restore sight but with things that are that deep i think there's a process that you need to work through in order to uncover some things so that you won't repeat them Mm Mm-hmm. And allow yourself to truly see it so that God can touch it and heal it. Mm -hmm. Not to say he can't do that immediately, Mm -hmm. but especially for us in the situation, it was um, him. It it was a six-year process of hurt. So what, what makes you think that in an instant it will change? Yeah or that there's a quick fix to it mm-hmm. there's not a quick fix to hurt mm-hmm. there's not it was a constant barrage of hurt and pain so so there's no easy way out of it and i there's parts of both of us i think when we left hoping that it would immediately change
1: yeah yeah new environment just new perspective new everything but that was definitely not the case and after that like euphoric stage kind of slowly melted away that's when things really really got hard
0: yeah i think we had to start to own up to what we had done to each other relationally no matter how that had come up in the situation we were in
1: yeah or or why you had to make those choices or had to didn't matter anymore the backing behind decisions we made or how we treated each other.
0: The fact is we had hurt each other. Yeah. And we had hurt people in our lives. Mm-hmm. And that's not to shame anyone who's going through anything. But for us in, in our process, we had to say, okay, no matter what situation we were in, there are still some things that we did to hurt some people in our relationship. And unless we address those things between each other... Mm-hmm. and with our families, then we we won't be able to walk into newness. Yeah. It's not just going to change because in the situation, there's things I did to hurt Carly. And in the situation, there's things she did to hurt me. And I think at the beginning, we didn't have a firm understanding that yeah. that was actually the well, case. Well, we
1: didn't even really have a firm or understanding that moving forward. It, yeah. really But it just more, it, we just knew... That, that that like blissful stage was was over, and there was like really the reality of like wow our life isn't all of a sudden perfect, you know a couple months after leaving the church, <laughs> and why is that the case? Like okay, I guess I guess there's some things we like really need to work on, um, but still not even really yeah able to know how to do that or or could even identify what the problems were or I couldn't even identify the fact that like you know, you had like really hurt me in ways. I couldn't even identify that because I was still feeling like, well, that's your job as the husband. I'm the submissive wife. You know, we didn't, we still didn't know how to have conversation and and process things together, you know, because it was still the mindset of you make the decisions and we don't, we don't make them together per se. We didn't know how to do that. We, there were so many habits that you know, good habits that we just didn't know ha- how to do and a lot of bad habits that we had created that we didn't even realize were so bad um, because it was the only way that we had ever lived together.
0: Yeah. So there's a blissful state mm-hmm. and then a hazy state yeah. where you think, where is my life right now? Mm-hmm. Well, I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. There, It should be better. And we still hadn't truly seen the the, own, the pain in both our lives. Yeah. <laughs> or the hurt, the scars, the junk that had been caused by the situation we were in and also by each other because of the situation we we're in. There was no clear picture that there was some major hurt there. Mm-hmm. We didn't know how to process it, right?
1: Yeah. No. Because, yeah, I mean, how do you process, like, something where we're in a situation that has caused us so much pain, has caused you so much pain, and you in turn have caused me so much pain? It's really hard to reconcile leaving that situation, but we're still together. Yeah. So we're... Like we're still together and there's still that pain there, but we're in a new place. So it's very, it was very difficult um, and even moving forward, very difficult to even recognize what that pain looked like because it was just, the, it was just such a way of life. So as the years went on and those things began to unravel, um, you know, it was, yeah, just I I don't know how else to say it other than, like, very painful.
0: (laughs) Um, Yeah, Carly had mentioned in our own conversations how sometimes people think you went through this together. You're mm -hmm. so strong together. This made you stronger, right? Where, no, we survived it on our own. (laughs) We didn't really survive it together. Yeah. In fact, we probably hurt each other more than gave each other strength together through it. So it's not like we got through this and thought, man, iron sharpened iron, we're forged yeah. together. Yeah. It was more these fractured people that relationship was fractured because mm-hmm. there was no bonding through it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a really that's such a huge point to our story that this was not something we went through together necessarily. Yeah, we did. We we survived it separately <laughs> and now we are still together now trying to live this new life that we had survived on our own for so long. How do you come together to try to work on things when you're not even able to see what needs to be worked on? Um, yeah, so I think that that's so important to remember where we are um, at this time and, and why it was so difficult for us moving forward to... um to, I don't know, act like a married couple <laughs> and discuss things like a married couple. But, yeah, we had survived on our own. And what does that look like now, opening yourself back up to um, somebody who's hurt you but but is your, your spouse? And, um, yeah.
0: Yeah, so... Any other questions you guys may have this week, we'll put up something on social media about the process, about where we're at, questions about the past, things we've addressed. Um, and please follow up with, with us on that. And we'll try to answer those questions as we go through the story. But mm-hmm. um, if anything comes up, please let us know and we'll put something on social media on Instagram. And um, you guys can ask those questions. We'll do that sometime this week. And, Ask those and we'll answer them for you. And uh, we'll continue on what life looks like now outside of the haze. (laughs) Outside the bliss. (laughs) Talk to you next time.
1: Bye. All right, Final Four. This episode is Favorite Podcasts.
0: Besides bizography. besides
1: our own, obviously, also
0: send us final four suggestions. We have this <laughs> amazing dialogue we are, every week.
1: We are what running are we out going of ideas. To do? <laughs> yeah, we're running out of ideas. So, um, send them send them our way, please, please. So, podcasts. We don't. I mean, I don't listen to a ton of podcasts, and you don't really either. Um, it's not something even though we do this podcast we're not major podcast people so um i just want to preface Forgive that yeah, i just want to preface that for all you podcasters out there <laughs> um but go ahead what are your faves what are you loving right now
0: yeah um what what we're going to do is just kind of tell ours instead of going back and forth we'll just say what what we like sure. so um one is finding mastery it's uh, <laughs> Finding Snore. Mastery. It's, it's an awesome podcast about finding mastery. Um, and uh, I started listening to it a long time ago because there was one with Pete Carroll, and I'm a huge fan. And it was about his coaching philosophy and a lot of things I took from it. So I, I enjoy that podcast. That's one I listen to. Um, another one I listen to... <laughs> Carly, I should laugh. Uh, is T.D. Jakes, The Potter's House? Do you really? Yeah. Oh, I, I'm I a, didn't know that. I'm a big fan. I just, I think he's a great preacher. And I if I need a little like encouragement and motivation for the day, I listened to him this morning going in. So,
1: which you'd almost think that that would be like a trigger for us. <laughs> yeah, no, but
0: it, I really enjoy it. Um, he's very inspirational. Uh, there's another one called The Tribe of Mentors that I listened to by Tim Ferriss. Um it's interviews with different people um about things.
1: Wow, okay. Yeah this, is, so. this has been really exciting so
0: far. Anybody please does, continue. Anybody who doesn't like advancing their life, don't listen <laughs> to the stuff I listen to. If you want entertainment, it's not my realm of influence right now. <laughs> yeah.
1: Just wait till wait till it's my turn.
0: <laughs> um But uh, I listen to those things. I have a long drive to work in right now. So I try to listen to some things that will help me be better at what I do. So those are three. Um, The last one is more entertainment-based. Dr. Death. I know that's a popular one right now, but...
1: You still like that one?
0: I enjoyed it.
1: Yeah? Are you still listening to it? Like the update stuff?
0: No, I haven't listened to updates recently. But um, also there was a... A portion of my life when, when I was coaching college football where I would recruit a lot and I would get totally hooked on podcasts when I was recruiting and driving all the time. Yeah. So that was, I think, the last recruiting cycle I was in was Dr. Death. So it, it that was the most recent series I listened to. Yeah. Um
1: the year before that was Dirty John.
0: Yeah, year before like that was like Dirty that. John. Yeah. yeah. But those are interesting to me. I I really enjoy those stories. I just don't get into them as much when I'm not on a continual like recruiting trip for a month where I'm driving around all over the place. So Makes sense. Sorry for the snore fest on those, <laughs> but
1: <laughs> Wow, okay.
0: Well, if you want to get better in your life, those are so <laughs> <I guess.
1: laughs> Um, Well, Ben is clearly way more spiritual than I am Mine are all
0: Spiritual, only one was spiritual The rest was just improving yourself Yeah, well
1: mine are all like true crime Because that's what I love I love true crime Great Um, What?
0: That's that's great Yeah Yeah.
1: Um, So, obviously love like the classics Serial Mostly just season one I couldn't get into season two And haven't gotten into season three uh, Up and Vanish, season one, season two, kind of lagged. Um, but what I'm currently enjoying right now, um, yeah, Dirty John, obviously, is so good. Um, Wondery is the company that does, or whatever, producers that do Dirty John and Dr. Death, and their their latest one is Over My Dead Body, and that one's really good. Um, and Have you listened to that?
0: I've listened to one, I think, maybe okay. partially. Okay, I did you like it? I don't know. Really? No. I can't remember.
1: Okay. Um, I'm caught up on that one. And I'm, my newest one that I started is, is Bear Brook. And that's, that one's pretty good. I got the, that recommended um, by a friend who also equally loves true crime. Um, uh, Teacher's Pet also is a good true crime one.
0: Very, Carly loves true crime. I love true crime. Obviously. I love all documentaries. And yes. I forgot
1: to tell you so we watched the most recent HBO documentary on the Theranos girl. Um, Elizabeth oh, yeah. Holmes. Yes. She has a podcast. It's a po- There's a podcast about her. It's called Dropout. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. So I'll probably start that. If you haven't watched the. What's it called? I don't know. The Blood. The Blood One.
0: Yeah. On HBO.
1: Yeah. On HBO.
0: Very Excellent. interesting. Very
1: interesting. Yeah. Very
0: How interesting. Can you, crazy. It basically reminds me of a cult, the way she ran the program. Totally. Completely. Program her business. Her business was yeah. a cult. Yeah. Just made people believe what was not true.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Really, really good. Um, I can't remember what it's called. But anyways, one of the first podcasts I listened to is actually Armchair Expert with Dax Shepard, and I really liked that one. Um, but just depending on the guests that he has, it's, it's you know, either great or not great, whatever. Um, as far as, like, non-true crime... Um, I really enjoy the happy hour with Jamie Ivy. She just has like different influential um, people on her podcast, and I believe it's Christian. Um, I think she has mostly like Christian people on there, but um, just it's just interview style, and I really like that one a lot. <clears throat> um, that sounds fun. With um, Annie F. Downs is a good one. She's interview, also kind of interview style, but probably my favorite podcast that I am like a true subscriber through and through that I am like a dedicated fan is Nursing and Cursing. And this is a podcast really for every mom out there. If you're not a mom, you're not going to want to listen to it. If you're yeah, a dad- Carly
0: made me listen to it you're you're for not gonna like 10 listen minutes and I thought, <laughs> I don't get it. What?
1: Oh, not even that you don't get it. You just- Yeah, you don't get it because you're not a mom. So you just will never get it. (laughs) I've never
0: nursed or cursed. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, It is a great parenting podcast, but it is a mother's podcast for sure. It's um, five girlfriends who grew up together that are now in their mid to late 30s. And they just talk about parenting topics on a weekly basis. But um, they're kind of crude and... Um, absolutely hilarious, and it just in some ways makes you feel a whole lot better about yourself as a parent, and then in other ways is really insightful. So um, I'm constantly like I I laugh out loud when I listen to that podcast. It's it's excellent. So if you need a good, just um, humorous podcast that does have a little bit too much c- cursing, um, hence the title. <laughs> <laughs> nursing and cursing is is where it's at they are they're excellent so funny absolutely hilarious um yeah those are that's what i'm listening to if you have any great suggestions for us anything true crime related um <laughs> perhaps and or make which, yourself better or anything related, super boring like that ben would like, <laughs> like
0: the, i listened to let my people think by ravi zacharias
1: Oh my gosh! No one even has ever heard of that. He has two subscribers, I'm sure. You and himself. <laughs> you and his mom.
0: <laughs> no, one honestly, it's, Carly, it's very popular. It's very popular. Yes. Oh, let my people think. RZIM ministry. It it,
1: it's. Is it? It's a uh, spiritual. Yeah. Like okay. yeah,
0: it's like how to defend the faith, apologetics.
1: Oh, okay, cool. Sounds totally awesome. <laughs> So, again, if you have any true crime (laughs) podcasts that you suggest, (laughs) I'd love to hear them. Um, And I think, yeah, that's about it, right?
0: Yeah. Cool. Sounds good.
1: See you next time.
0: (laughs) Right. (laughs)
1: Some Bisography. Please subscribe or leave a comment. And if you have questions or want to open up a discussion, you can find us on Instagram or Facebook at Bisography. See you next time.